I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Well, believe it or not, we're doing a show. I want you to hit me one more time. That's right. This is Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast in which we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and we ask the question, is this good? Does this thing hold up? And I don't do that mission alone. I have someone here. I have a co-host with me who must trudge through this contractually, and that is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hello, David. Yes, also purely contractual. Purely, our friendship is purely contractual. Uh, Nick, how you doing? I, I'm doing pretty great, David. So great that uh, I feel like I represent the show that we're going to talk about today, if you can believe it. Uh, I can, believe it or not. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that very soon. Because first, before we get to that, I want to introduce our guest, the person who brought this week's topic to us. She is a creator, a puppeteer, a diamond clubber, the always great Jackie Hearn. Jackie, hello. Hey, guys, thank you so much for asking me to do this. And thank, and thank you for asking me to go back through my childhood and revisit all those wonderful thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, can be, it can be a challenge when it's like, hey, try to find something uh, that you love and want to talk about and not maybe ruin for yourself. Right. Because right. that's, that's the risk is like, ooh, if I watch this thing, is that going to make me realize what it really is? And I'm... Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be curious to find out with this week's topic, because this was one that, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into uh, what all our personal histories with that. Before we get to it, let me introduce it. I'm talking around it a lot. It's the greatest American hero. This American comedy drama series follows the adventures of teacher Ralph Hinckley, briefly Hanley, played by William Catt, after aliens entrust Hinckley with a red and black suit that gives him a variety of superpowers. Hinkley immediately loses the instruction manual and must discover the suit's powers through trial and error, often with comedic results. The aliens task mm. Hinkley with solving the world's problems in collaboration with FBI agent Bill Maxwell, played by Robert Culp, and the pair are often accompanied by Hinkley's girlfriend and attorney, Pam Davidson, played by Connie Selica. Hopefully I got that name correct. That's correct. Great, thank you. Uh, this, this week's topic is going to be an interesting one for sure. What I want to know before we get too far into it though, is what all of our personal histories are with it. Jackie, you brought it to us. Tell us your history with the greatest American hero. Um, okay. L let's just establish this. I'm only 19 years old, right? right. Um, <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> However, I do remember, I do have fond memories of my brother, older brother and I, like, uh, you know, playing superheroes and jumping around in the living room and, and doing things, you know, um, I mean, we did Wonder Woman and Superman on the slides. I, I pretended to be Mighty Isis going down a slide once. And if you recall Mighty Isis, she flew with her hands behind her head. So she went head first down the slide. Oh, jeez. So, you know, 
yeah, yeah. I had some painful childhood memories, but um, yeah, I do remember really enjoying the song and I think having a crush on Ralph Hinckley, uh, William Cat, and maybe even having a girl crush on Connie Selica and not realizing that until I got into my 20s. Uh, by the way, I'm only 19. <laughs> right, yeah, right. So. <laughs> funny how funny how time works. Uh, yeah, but 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 I love it. I love this. I've loved the story. I've loved what it represents, and I've revisited it throughout being an adult multiple times. But I have never given it a, a total rewatch, and I attempted to do that for this show. But uh, you know what? I think I made it through season one. A lot of season three um, may not have been able to get to th season two. Um, so that there's my disclaimer. How about you guys? Like what, what, what's your background in this? Uh, well, Nick, yeah. What's your background with greatest American hero? I know it's like your third favorite show, right? <laughs> well, so, okay. So first off, I just think that we need to start a new, like Edward versus Jacob scenario here, but now it's Ralph versus Bill. Um, <laughs> cause I would say I'm a bit of a Bill fanboy. Um, but <laughs> uh, and Ralph is great, sure. But now, but now I want the audience that's listening to decide Ralph or Bill. Okay, now that I get that out of the way. Mm. Um, my history Ralph with the show. Hmm. My history with the show. I would say my history of the show is a, in a DVD box set currently sitting in my basement. Uh, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, I think uh, years ago I uh, like inherited a, a copy of the box set from my mom. And it was like, oh, I mean, I because I'm I grew up loving superheroes. I I have way too many comics that are going to break my back someday when I carry them. And so I see something called Grace American Hero, and they're in tights, and I'm like, all right, well, this is an immediate in for me. And then I put it in a box and never watched it. So, <laughs> so it was it was um, it was nice to actually finally get to experience this show. But for sure, I don't actually have any prior experience with it. Hmm. Yeah, I think you and I are probably a little bit similar in that way, especially with our, our love of superheroes. Um, before I forget, audience, if you want to know what episodes we watched, that will be in the show notes, and uh, we'll announce it on Twitter when we announce the topic for the next episode. This one's a little bit different. Uh, we went a little more freeform. There's a couple that we all watched, and then I know to varying degrees we all watched uh, whatever we wanted to as we were going through the lineup. Mm -hmm. Um but we'll put the ones that we for sure watched in there, and I'm sure we'll you'll get lots of thoughts all over the place. But anyway, so much rambling. Now for my history with the show. Uh, at Similar to Nick, grew up with a love of superheroes. This show, though, I only ever saw the pilot once uh, at Samurai Comics, my old comic shop slash stomping grounds. Uh, they had the box set, and they had a big old TV, and one day they put in Greatest American Hero, and I sat there in a comic book store and watched the pilot. And I I didn't remember much of it. I remembered the opening for some reason super well. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But that really is about it for me. So it was a lot of fun to now dive in and, uh, and see what this is all about. If people are curious where they can watch this, uh, it is on Amazon Prime. And also, as I discovered, YouTube. YouTube has legally, uh, the whoever has the distribution rights has put up 
most of the show. I think it's missing a couple of episodes in the second season, but it seems to mostly be there. Before we get into our discussion, though, we like to take a moment just to fill in what's the world's history with Greatest American Hero. Nick, why don't you tell us a bit about the history of this show? Well, sure, David. Uh, so Stephen J. Cannell created the show for ABC uh, with an agreement with two of the show's executive producers to make a superhero show that focused on real-world problems. Never a touchy subject. Um, the Greatest American Hero first aired in Mar on March 18th in 1981 with a two-hour television movie pilot. Uh, shortly after the show began, the two producers left ABC and the new management wanted a more kid-friendly show that was more comedic and fantastical. Uh, the show was canceled partway through its third season with four episodes not aired until later. Uh, a follow-up series, The Greatest American Heroine, was slated to follow up the show with a pilot made, but it never went to series. More recently, a remake was announced with an Indian-American female led, uh, lead, sorry, lead played by Hannah Simone. Ultimately, ABC declined to pick up the series. Yeah, wow. that, yeah that was a fun little tidbit I learned there, but... Let's dive into, I mean, where do you even start with Greatest American Hero, if not the theme song? I just think we need to take a moment right here up top. I alluded to it when I sang a little bit of it, but is that is that song going to be stuck in our heads forever now? Uh, since I've been massively re-watching this show um, in the last week and a half, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in my head for a long time again. But it's such a great song, isn't it? It is so amazingly catchy. It, it And it has such a nice theme. It makes you feel good. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. It, it, it's, it, it definitely carries the show a certain degree further than it would have gone. Um, just because of the words and the lyrics and the beat, you know, uh, that's my thought. Yeah. It's, it's, I would say almost maybe a little bit more famous than the show itself. Um, partially perhaps due to the George Costanza answering machine. Uh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, which is a great clip. And uh, perhaps I'll even drop it in right here. Cause it's so, so dang good. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Uh, but the song is, it does set a certain tone, doesn't it, when you start watching it? Because other superhero shows, like modern superhero shows, typically like they have like the name of the show will come up with some like dark music playing in the background. And yeah. Yeah. This starts off. And you know, like, I, da -da -da. I, I constantly drop that George Costanza reference all the time with people and say, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm not Tom. <laughs> it's a, it well, uh, and it's doing this thing now with a song in my head. Like, I'll be like, uh, my, my dog will walk in the room and I'll be like, believe it or not, Topanga's a dog. So. Yes. It, uh, I've been doing the same thing for the last week. Believe it or not, these groceries will be available at seven, 6 to 7 p.m. <laughs> I would say for me, we the send song, a message at the time. <laughs> I would say for me, the song, uh, when I think about it, I think about other shows like, say, Full, Full House. Like, it, it, I mean, the show came out in 1981, right? But it, it, 
it shows that I probably watched the nineties have a general DNA that relate to it. Like, and I can see, especially learning more about the history now, like how there was this conflict between tackling world war issues, while also trying to make it kid friendly, maybe not take it too far. Um, so in my mind, I hear the theme song and I'm thinking like, this is just a regular family all getting together and having a nice PG time. And then it's no, we need to stop the terrorists. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, the commies. The, the commies. It was all about breaking down those commies and fighting the the, the USSR. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's multiple. And what I what a, this was just kind of a side note that I had um, in my notebook, <laughs> my massive notebook that I took uh, that, you know, it was funny to me that like anytime the Russians would speak, you know, because there were always Russians trying to kidnap either Pam or Bill. <laughs> um, but but uh, when when they'd have Russians on or you know quote unquote russians they wouldn't even bother to translate it and i you know i took russian in college and i i know a little bit but i'm very di- i i can i can really only translate text because i'm not that good at it did you but, take russian in college specifically to try and translate the dialogue in greatest yes, american hero for this show for this <laughs> podcast that's exactly why i got my master's degree in, in the last american week history. so yes. for this show Yes. Yeah. Okay. You I heard it here, folks. Yes. <laughs> well, let's just let's talk about let's go back a little bit to the beginning with the um the cold open in the pilot. You know, you talk about the Russians, the show opens with skinheads. Uh perhaps neo not it's really unclear if they have any affiliation oh, with okay. I thought yeah. they were alien. No, they were Gabriel's army, which I don't <sighs> know what that so they're an extremist very obviously extremist right wing group that you know they're they're skinheads and it starts with them in a a dune buggy yes. chase hunting down a, a black man which yes I'm sure even in 1981 had to be a little bit of like a whoa whoa okay um yeah and that's that was my thought with the pilot too and I I don't mean to jump ahead necessarily but that was my thought that you know. Like, if you think of it in context of where we are today on June 27th, 2020, you know, um, with what's going, you know, that, that, and I mean, there's even a riot in this, this episode. There, there's all these things are very parallel to today. And, you know, I couldn't help but ask myself, could we not please have another greatest American hero? Who's actually a hero to lead us out of this 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 thing that the, everything that we're in right now? Like you know, I mean, everybody's begging for something, something to to guide and to to direct us and make everything okay and fix those issues. And so it was really kind of obvious and blatant to me to, when I watched this pilot to see that there and think. Yeah, baby, we've come a long way, but not so much, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like running on a treadmill. Uh, I look forward to Grace American Hero in twenty forty. Um, you know, dealing with a lot of the same issues. It it is interesting that they were facing a number of the same things, and I think, I, I like looking back. You know, with the with the whole because because they later on we were introduced to to Ralph Hinckley who. Uh, while on a field trip with his students, and oh boy, do I ever want to talk Time about those students? <laughs> He's so adorbs. Uh, the well, school teacher. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get to his his everyday life in a bit, but he gets tasked with by these aliens who give him the suit that are like, go fix the world's problems. That yeah, is... and 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 do it with an FBI agent, like like yeah. an FBI agent's going to help out at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we kind of ran into this a little bit with like with when we discussed Stargate SG One, which is like at the end of the day, this is still a military operation, and at the end of the day, it's like this guy is working with the system, right? Like there, that happens in a lot of superhero stories yep. where it's like you have to work with someone on the inside, and that like kind of has this beautiful view that oh well, the people that are on the inside are doing it right, and you're trying to help them, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe yeah. now this show would be a little more cynical if it was coming out today. Yeah, very true. Um, I I was I, I yeah I well I could go off on this on a long t- tangent, but I know that we we've got to move on and yeah. Okay, so the field trip. Let's just say, and and I you know I was like negative seven years old in 1981. I don't remember a lot, but uh, I was I, negative like 40 years. <laughs> yeah, remember she's only 19. Yeah. It's true, 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 true. Um, and but, but I feel like even then, I would like to think that a teacher, first off, it's what it sounds like is that another teacher basically passed the job with the special special education class on to Ralph. Ralph shows up and in the same day manages to commandeer a, a bus. Uh, and apparent, I'm assuming that even in 1981, students that are younger than 18 would have to get permission slips from their parents and, and either didn't get those or somehow oh. did. And then leads the kids on a field trip out into the desert uh-huh. to do we never find out and uh-huh. also before the van breaks down it's nighttime so when was he planning on getting them back yeah you can't do, you can't take kids out at, after dark i mean and i and i i guarantee you like if it was in the 80s you know those permission slips had to be in and you definitely need to, to state that where your kids were going to be if it was going to be after dark so this is this is my theory now. My theory is that Ralph is actually a serial killer, and he brought them out into the <laughs> desert to murder them all. But then, because the the alien showed up before he could do it, something about the suit. Now he's like, "Oh, cool, now I have to save the world." But you heard it here: Ralph is actually a serial no, killer. No, see, I gotta dispute you on that because nobody who has blonde curly locks like that is going to be. <laughs> A serial killer. That hair is too easily recognizable on any crime scene. Uh, but the the field trip was so bizarre. And one kid pulls a knife on someone in a diner, and he's just like, ah, you know, kids being kids. I remember when I pulled knives on people as a kid. Yeah, just random strangers. Uh, and right. <laughs> I do want to. I we got to talk about his students because. Uh, Jackie, you you made some great observations that you shared with us that these are like they're they're in California, I believe, but they're all speaking with Brooklyn accents, like they're all inner city kids from like from New York. So it's not a Brooklyn accent; yeah. it's an inner city yeah. kid accent. Clearly, I had a little audio issue there. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, um, yeah, that that's the thing. They're, they're all like. Hey, Mr. H, yo, 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 Mr. H, uh, where'd you pack the car? Yeah, the Sylvester you know, Stallone kid. Like, oh, killed and me. And it's 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 Southern California, um, and it's it's kind of bizarre that um, they uh, are not, I don't know, speaking in the same 
language that they would normally speak. What's bizarre is that they are all clearly 30 years old. Oh, that, and that too. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can get over their age or get over the fact that they all have Brooklyn accents. And and actually, I did a little bit of research into this because, you know, I've got some, you know, friends in my life that work in the industry, you know, stuff. And I I kind of asked them. I was like, "Have you heard of this?" And apparently, it used to be a thing for actors that you had to be able to have a very good, strong Brooklyn accent, huh. you know, to have agents pick you up. And, you know, this was a thing, particularly in the 80s. And, and not only that, like if, if the agent was able to distinguish your accent between a Brooklyn or a Staten Island or any of the other five boroughs of New York City, then like then you were doing good. Huh. So I don't I don't know what it is and why that at this time and place that they they decided that, you know, Brooklyn accents, that makes me tough. And so, you know, I'm here in Southern California, you know, in Los Angeles. And, you know, and I mean, because they, 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 like, make no mistake. They don't hide the fact that they're in Los Angeles or in Burbank, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're going to do it shooting this. Um, uh, Burbank, kinda... also known as Western Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my current hometown is Burbank, but, you know. I and I hear a lot of Brooklyn accents there, but you know right. I've been to Brooklyn a lot lately, and I don't hear any of those accents. But it, it's a funny thing, and I and it, it kind of triggered something in my head. I'm like, well, wait a minute, I've been hearing this a lot in in these older shows, and I think I think that was a thing. And you know what? I bet you somebody listening to your podcast has the answer. And they should write in and tell us it, right? Well, yeah, absolutely, they should. If you if you ever were an actor in the eighties, we want to hear your Brooklyn accent, is what I'm saying. Uh, but the student that uh, we're we're referring to a lot is I I believe it was Tony is the the kid who's got like the Tony, Tony yeah Tony's got the long hair and he's like you're all right, Mister H, and it's like really kind of like a a like a Sylvester Stallone ish. No, I'll tell you exactly what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is it is um John Travolta in oh. Better um Welcome Back Carter. Oh. And it, or I'm sorry, Welcome Back Carter. Um which which was a hit television show around the time. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I don't know if you have any memory or any kind of no. but that was a show I never watched. It was obviously not born. <laughs> right. But but that was a big thing, and John Travolta, like, he's like, oh, yo, Mr. Mister C, yo, Mr. C. And so I feel like maybe the writers of the show were kind of taking off of what that was, and they felt like this classroom of, you know, special ed kids, quote unquote, all had to be, you know, from Brooklyn, you know, with, with Travolta. Huh. Yeah, what was... Carrying what... the paper here. <laughs> What was it with this being a because I thought like oh this must be like the remedial class or like the class that like is like I I, I don't know maybe it's the troublemaker students but they kept calling it yeah. special ed special ed and yeah just kind of leaving it at that and, I guess but also that. let's just clarify that for special ed and whatever the capacity it was designated for the there seemed to be no traditional school and and, and Jackie you watched more episodes than, probably, than either of us did but every episode that I watched 
the kids were never like in class they were like in the in the first in the pilot they other than the first time they're in the class like then they're on the field trip and then there's another scene where where ralph is fight is boxing tony (laughs) and that's like the class like we don't see anything else and like in another episode they have to um they helped out maxwell on an fbi visit one time (laughs) right and they have to put on like a play uh, to get school credit, but it doesn't sound like they have to do anything. Like it's 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 the the weirdest class setup I've I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's more there's more insane things, but I don't want to push the subject further ahead because I mean I can go into like kind of the sexism stuff going on here too. Ooh, well, um, I'm, but I'm curious. You know, why don't Why don't you dive oh, okay. into it then? Well, well, can can I can I just can I just call this out? Can I just call this out? Uh, Rhonda. Rhonda's crush is that on so, Ralph? Yeah, Rhonda, like the <laughs> student that's like in love with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable. It is really uncomfortable. And she, she's in love with him specifically because he treats her nice. Yes, which is also depressing. And and she's like, I don't, I don't know what an attorney is or anything, but but boy, Mrs. Dickinson, boy, you're you're real smart. And I had no idea that, you know, being, having a nice brain, being intelligent was like oh, all geez. sexy and everything. But maybe that's why I really like Mr. Hinckley. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I should not try to do these voices. Oh. Please don't ever make me listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, it's funny, but it's like, it's, I mean, you're totally right because she, it's, it's yeah, so bizarre. It's so, like, I, and, and even like with, with Pam. You know, mm-hmm. there there are a lot of times where it's just like, you wait here, the men will take yeah. care of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. stay put. Stay put. Like, um, literally, I think everyone in the show, minus Pam, at least from what I saw, is a dick. Yeah. Um, and Ralph is especially a dick to Pam. And now Bill is established as basically kind of the, the sexist, the FBI, totally. whatever guy. Totally yeah. Very misogynistic. Ralph is supposed to be this guy that's like pulling kids out of their problems i don't know and and but then like he turns around to pam and is just like pam you're useless he doesn't quite say that but there's definitely these moments where it's like like in sorry go ahead no 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 no. i i don't think i don't think that ralph is a total jerk with pam i think but there's definitely moments where i'm like i uh, i would not behave that way with my partner okay but but here's okay so if you go back to the pilot which we all watched and if anybody's listening to the show, we get we you put in the notes, we watched it. You will see that uh, there's a moment when right after Pam starts to accept the fact that uh, that Ralph is wearing this red suit for something other than just being absolutely insane. By the way, I meant to put that in the show notes too. <laughs> um, the whole issue of him being insane because he was in a suit. Oh yeah. Uh, it, he pushes, he gets, to, he runs up to her car and they're going to go try to free Bill from uh, the skinheads. And she drives up in her Volks, beautiful Volkswagen white bug, convertible bug, by the way, which I would love to have. <laughs> I would love to have one of those. Uh, he, he, he jumps in with his cape and everything and pushes her aside yes. so that he can drive. Oh, I'm like, you. You got it. You got it. You got a, a cape, dude. 
like, why don't you pick her up and put her on your back? And you super strength. Play? He could just pick the car up and fly it away. I realize maybe budgets aren't the same as they were, as they are now, but still. Yeah. But why, you know, like, and then, but I love the fact that they made her an attorney, you know, and yeah. she's apparently a very sharp attorney, but yet she's not sharp enough to drive the car fast. And it's better for her to be pushed aside save the time for him to get in and get uh, it, you know, all settled to drive away. Right. Pam five felt like a character. And I feel like this is a common trope though. I'm having trouble kind of recalling any other ones on top of my head, but it's sort of like the writers. And I know this was the eighties, but I, I'm not going to say things are as super better now, but like you create this female character that like you basically say, they, they tell you, you know, or show versatile, you know, and they tell you, okay, she's a lawyer, she's highly competent, and then never really gets to do anything super useful. I, I think she has, and I think, it, I think, but, but it took a long time. I think it took time for them to progress to her story, hmm. you know? Right. But I think even in the last episode, not to jump too far ahead, like she, I, I realized that the show got canceled. So it was kind of like, I feel like there were a lot of things that were set up that we're never going to know about. But even in like three, you know, three seasons in, I think like the most significant action she took in that episode was bringing a, 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 a towel or a blanket to Ralph. Um, so it's like, yeah, it just, it just felt uh -huh. like, I think she, I think she's a cool character. And I think that she could have been more, had more to do but it was more of the, a writer situation where they they chose not to and also it was the early 80s mm -hmm. so she was you know there was they were you know honestly i do feel like and i you know i again i'm only 19 <laughs> however i do feel like i kind of understand the 80s at least with my history of like hollywood or whatever that um that at this point in time, uh, this character was extremely lucky to be an attorney, mm -hmm. and and I and I like the way they kind of just juxtapose that against Ralph, who was this beautiful high school teacher who just wanted to help out these kids. Yeah. So and so that's why I think Ralph is adorable. I feel like you know, like Ralph alone is just an amazing person. And so that's why he was given the suit by the aliens. Why the aliens didn't come back to make sure he knew how to use the suit. And after he lost the instructions, I don't know. I can't go there. <laughs> yeah. The like, you know, I mean, like they talked to him after the fact. They talked to him after he lost the instructions. So why didn't they check in? Oh, no. There's a later, yeah. there's a later episode where they give him another instruction manual. Again, he immediately loses it. Like that's... That the poor guy was doomed. But in the last episode, oh, too, God. the the aliens come back and they're like, "You're not doing a good enough job." It's like, well, you you just basically gave him the suit and were like, "Fix it," and then left. Like apparently, you have the yeah. time to like watch him and like yeah. see how he's doing. Why don't you spend some time training him or giving him some support? Uh, also, yeah, what does changing the world even mean besides squashing communists? Right. Before we get to that, which I do want to talk about. Uh, I just want to say, going back to Pam, uh, that Pam and Ralph's relationship was completely inappropriate. That was his divorce attorney, and yet in the first episode, they are talking about marriage. Wildly, wildly inappropriate. Anyway, back to communists. Huh? Back to communists. Well, oh yeah, you're. Oh, oh, because you're a communist. Is that why? What? No, I said back to back to Ralph thwarting communists. 
love communists, great tippers. Um, so I just want to say, as a member of Team Bill, uh, I don't actually like Ralph as much, which is interesting. So again, you've definitely seen more of the show, and I'm not saying that Ralph doesn't have good moments, but there's just these, it's like, it's like microaggressions, I almost want to call them, if I'm using it correctly. So like in one of the episodes I watched, they were at like the Winter Olympics with like a skiing competition and an old acquaintance of Ralph shows up and Ralph basically immediately just starts focusing solely on his acquaintance and like leaves Pam in the dust. It's like, oh, you can meet us back here. He does it multiple times. In the second episode, Ralph brings Pam to the high school to meet the kids uh, at the in the auditorium for like apparently so this is where he tells them they're going to be in a play and then he's just like oh and also Pam's going to help us and I think he brought her there because he wanted to show her how like the other half lives or something like that and so after like explaining that they can get extra credit for doing the play. And then he finds out that he's going to have to go to somewhere else because of whatever Bill told him to do. Then he basically says, oh, and Pam's going to be helping us doing X, Y, Z. And the expression on Pam's face basically says, I had no idea walking into this that this was going to be me. So he doesn't even consult her. Anyway, hashtag Team Bill. Mm. Yeah, but then Bill's crazy in his own way, man. We can't just let like Bill off like Bill's a... a- uh, uh-huh. Bill is a, a, a he's you know he's complicated he's well rounded he's mysterious that's you know but Bill Bill is you know what to expect from Bill whereas Ralph gets painted as like the Hiroka and I don't think he's a bad guy but he has some microaggression moments for sure and you know what I, I want to point out about Bill um you know he th- there there are a few other episodes because I I think I mentioned earlier on the podcast that um there's constant episodes between bill or pam being kidnapped and ralph having to save them from the russians or you know whatever <laughs> um but like that there there are many times that bill is just um you know he, he's he know he knows how to be an fbi agent like uh there there one of the last episodes i think of the of season 1 he um maybe even pam is kidnapped this time and the russians Spice have her and there's there's an exchange be- between somebody who wants to defect from the soviet union and he knows how to negotiate like on the telephone he's like you know yeah what what do you want what do you want oh you're going to give me her uh yeah you know what that's not a big deal um all right fine meet me here at six o'clock blah 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 goodbye and then he pulls the phone cord out of the wall so that Ralph won't jump in and like respond. And he's like, you got to be tough. You got to be strong, you know? And like, so there's a lot of really complicated stuff going on with Bill. Like, I mean, because, because he does his job, he does it well. And, you know, he, he, you can, you can tell that he definitely cares. Like he didn't want Pam to go, even though he's so misogynistic against her he calls her a dame he says she's a beautiful or gorgeous broad you know all the stuff however he loves pam you know it's like he's dad he's dad and ralph and and pam are the kids you know (laughs) i think i think what for me makes this show work kind of on any level because like it's it's got some decent humor but it's a lot of it is very goofy and like the special effects we haven't even talked about which are on par for the day uh you know anytime he's flying it's it's just it's a it's a thing to see uh the suit design we'll we'll get into that at some point yeah but i will say like 
the characters, like the actors, you know, for whatever problems there was in the scripting, like they really kind of gave it their all. Like they made very distinct characters out of all three of them. And I'm putting that more on the the actors than anything. Like you really, you really get a feel for them in the pilot and in the other episodes that we watched as well. Like they, they felt like real people as much as you can with the scenarios happening in this show. It's true. And also, I just want to say, so again, yeah, Bill's a misogynistic asshole. However, I am oh, convinced fine. that Bill Maxwell, the uh, or Robert Culp, right? Um, that that Robert is actually Ryan Reynolds, who, you know, this is Ryan Reynolds maybe in like 20 years, who then teleported back to the 80s in order to be cast as Bill Maxwell. Like, if there ever is a Greatest American reboot that sticks, I want Ryan Reynolds to play the Bill Maxwell part because there were so many moments where Bill would make an expression. And apparently I paid a lot of attention to Ryan Reynolds expressions, which is, I need to unpack that. Um, but like, I was convinced like from the sound of his voice, from the expressions he made to the things that he would say, like he was just compared to Ralph and Pam uh, and Pam had a lot of good, like evil stares, like screw you, man. Um, but, but Bill was the most animated, all of them. And whenever he stepped on the scene, even if he was being a total dick, he just drew your attention in. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Like it was very uh Ryan Reynolds. I had to look him up. I don't know why. You had to look up Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm that person. Well, you know, she's only nineteen. Um, like he's he's a little bit. I, he's our generation, Nick. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's our generation. Oh God, that makes me sad. <laughs> no, not 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 necessarily the case, but yeah. Um, no, I I absolutely love the character of um, Bill Maxwell um, for multiple reasons, and I, I love his, the way he is the like the alternative of of Ralph. I think they set up that that very well. That Ralph is this like liberal concert, you know, school teacher, and you know is kind of anti-establishment because he's willing to work with all these kids, and then we've got. Bill Maxwell, who's the FBI, he's a no, you know, and he and he cares so much about the um, being in the bureau, and like there's an episode in season one, it might be season six, episode six, I'm not sure. Uh, I got to grab my notes, and uh, but however, he 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 talks about how how important it is to him, and there's this moment where he has to call in to his captain, and he's like. You know, keep me around, keep me around. And then, and then, like, as he's hanging up the phone, other people are listening. He's like, and you know what else? If you don't take that, then you can just stuff it, you know. And then he hangs up the phone. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, there, there's a great thing. And I love, I love that dyna- dynamic between Ralph of the liberal flying, um, <laughs> Uh, superhero and and the fact that the aliens matched him up with this FBI agent who is not really that conservative on his own um but he uh but he he stands for the establishment mm-hmm. and and that's a great part of the show is that it's both patriotic and anti-establishment at the same time yeah you know um, and and I think that's very relevant to today you know, because we need a superhero that is both extremely patriotic, that will bring our country together, but 
has to be anti-establishment. Um, and I don't mean political parties. I'm not going to tell you, you know, left or right or whatever, just, we have to get past that and we have to talk about people and we need a superhero that can save us all, you know? Yeah. That's, Hey, that's Superman when it's written right. And he is not very often written right. Any person that shows up on the podium at a debate wearing skin tight, colorful clothing, (laughs) I will just vote for them on site. Yeah. Let's, (laughs) let's, can we, let's talk about the costume because- Oh boy, that I mean, I felt bad for for William Cat because that looked thing looked so uncomfortable to wear. Yeah, apparently. Top of the fact that he had to wear it underneath regular clothes in a lot of scenes. Yeah, apparently he had to. He hated it. I don't blame him. It looks awful, and it's. <laughs> Uh, they, so what it makes me think about is that when they when they make the the a reboot movie, it's going to be like when they did like the reboot Power Rangers movie. So instead of being like this cloth costume that looks pretty terrible, he's going to have like an Iron Man like CGI suit. Anyway, continue. When the aliens give him the suit, uh, yeah, it's I mean it's this red and black it, like, and they always make jokes like, oh, it, you know, you're wearing your pajamas, and like it looks like pajamas. These do look legitimately like pajamas or like the store-bought superhero costume that your mom would get for you uh i well, i mean if you were to ask me i think it's freaking sexy <laughs> really all that the the, the yeah. rough cotton but but i'm kind of into dorky guys that want to wear superhero costumes uh, and all that kind of you know but you know that's the other thing that's the other thing about the superhero costume that he's wearing right like everybody in the, on the show their immediate reaction in the in the story is that oh you have a mental issue like even up to episode nine in the first season uh, there's a cop that's like oh we've got a mental case here you know because because ralph forgot how to fly <laughs> you know and, um, and you know, you know, in the pilot, even when the little child had to tell him, take three steps and fly, uh-huh. you know, like all of that, like, and, you know, and then he went, he went to a mental hospital, right? He did. Also, th- there seems to be a lot of effort in uh, certain episodes that I saw that to like conceal Ralph's identity, despite the fact that he doesn't wear a mask. Um, but also <laughs> like within the first episode alone, like multiple people knew his name while wearing the costume and somehow it's still this big secret. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the run of the show, it never seemed like he gains like a ton of notoriety from like the press or anything. But I mean, he's so Go ahead. No, 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 you go, oh, you I was, go. I was just going to say, but yeah, yeah, like his face is, his face is out there. His face is like all over the place. Yeah. I know in the, the greatest American heroine, uh, they eventually like, I guess when it jumps forward, uh, he is famous and well-known and like out. And that's part of the reason why he can't wear the suit anymore is because like the aliens view that as personal gain because they know him, whatever aliens we have already established. You're terrible at, the one job you have. These are real bad terms and conditions they wrote up. Wrote up. Well, you know, he lost the instruction manual, so he couldn't figure them out. Uh, but it is, uh, yeah, it, it seems like people should know who he is by the yeah. time we're three years into this. Like, news, like, I, I, one of the episodes I watched, he saves the, a space shuttle from crash landing. Tons of people would have been monitoring that situation. They would have seen a guy in a suit 
trying to yeah. help there. He then becomes magnetized, and it's hilarious, but still. <laughs> uh, we're getting uh, we're getting close to wrapping up our discussion. I know we've been kind of all over the place. I want to make sure. Was there oh. any any points that anybody wanted to make sure that we we got in before we wrap up? I know I have a billion. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little pause to see if you guys have any. Uh, Nick, you got well, anything? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. There's there's so many for a show like this that that runs the gamut from the fantastical to the political and all that. There's so many things that we can unpack that we'll never have time for, including the fact that like the last episode was establishing that Bill um, assisted in or was one of the primary agents responsible for toppling, uh, I think, a Central or South American country. Yep. Uh, yeah, the finale. In the in the finale, and it was um, so racist. Oh, it was, so it was oh my god it, it, it yeah no it was it was a problem <laughs> it <was awful. laughs> um but uh yeah actually i just realized i have nothing i don't know even know how to talk about that episode um because it was just but, so but what about weird. bill though like can, can you can you pull him out of that racism and provide a <laughs> Well, in in terms of Bill, the person within the context of the episode, not us sort of observing him making judgments, I Bill didn't even really want. Right. I mean, it sounded like he was probably an, an an early CIA agent or something that got assigned to this. I don't know a coup, yeah. coup d'état, uh, and you yeah. know, kind of went to, did his job. But also, in as a as um in the present day, he didn't seem he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be awarded. He didn't want to necessarily help. Um, so there was a part of him that like, didn't want to be a part of this, this process. Yeah. That's a complicated episode that, uh, we, we definitely do not have time to un unpack. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Jackie. No, no. And I absolutely agree. And there, there's another episode that I think stands out in particular that I came across. And I know there's uh, a hundred others that I didn't get across, get a chance to reach, but there's one in particular, and it is episode six of season one, and it's called My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys. And the whole episode, like, kind of revolves around the fact that Ralph's um, uh, childhood guy, uh, the, the, the hero, um, that he says constantly throughout the show, I grew up on the guy. I grew up on the guy. And he's talking about the Lone Ranger. And he gets this chance where he meets the Lone Ranger and Lone Ranger. And they have this conversation in the parking lot of all things. And, um, you know, they're discussing about, um, you know, what, what it's like. Like, why, why is it important to be a superhero? And, um, you know, uh, I, I think at one point um, he says... Um, uh, many knew, many knew the Long Ranger. Ralph says this to the Long Ranger. Many knew the Long Ranger as a lone rider dealing out justice to the law-abiding citizens. None knew where he came from, and none knew where he went. And and the Lone Ranger responded, "In the cold light and justice, morality always looked corny, and and you cannot wave the flag." And look cool, but I like it or not. Our society needs it. And um, and then Ralph says, if anybody on a mass tried dealing out justice today, they'd probably lock him up. Well, maybe, but I don't think that'd stop the Lone Ranger, do you? 
And so it was a, basically a story, a message of, you know, like, regardless of where the government is and what they're doing, we need a lone ranger. We need a lone ranger that's going to like come in and be our superhero. And that was the message here in 1981 or 82 or whatever the, I don't even know when this episode was exactly, probably 81. But it's so true today. We need that and we don't have that. So it's, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We've, we, <laughs> we'll get there. Well, yeah. And we'll people, get there. People have gotten so much more cynical and that's bled over into entertainment in a lot of ways. And that's, yeah. that's something that yeah. I felt for a few of the shows that we've watched for this podcast where I'm like, man, there was such a different just general feeling back then that uh that i i do kind of miss and you know this this moments when this show was mm -hmm. uh, waxing a little philosophical i was like yeah i get it and then he would start flying and then i would be like yeah i get it uh well i mean but, but, but he also asks the lone ranger he's like well everyone considered you an outlaw and you weren't you were a guy you were an outlaw that came in and like saved you know the 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 population you know, you came in and, and protected people, you know, and regardless of what the government rules or laws were, you know, and maybe, maybe we need that. Maybe we need a superhero. And I think that's kind of the basis of what a superhero could be. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get one. As long know? as they don't lose the instruction manual. Yeah. That's, that's the important part. Uh, well, we have a lot of thoughts, obviously, on Greatest American Hero. And now, uh, I mean, we barely even scratched the surface. There's so much more that we could talk about. Uh, but I think we've we've set up the stage a bit now for us to get to our final question of the podcast. And that is, does this stay in the halls of memory or is it worth visiting today? Jackie, why don't you tell us your thoughts? Yes, I, I, I feel like this should be mandatory. <laughs> Uh, like, uh, uh, and I didn't know that I would think that when I brought it up to you, because, you know, you asked me like, what, what's the theme that you would bring? And it was so hard for me. And then I thought of the show and I thought, you know what? We need to create it. We need a greatest American hero right now. You know, we need, we need that klutz who is lovable and adorable that like, you know, goes to his nine to five job. Who's a, a high school student, a teacher. You know, and uh, not a student, but teacher, and um, yeah, yeah. I think I think this definitely deserves a revisit. And um, however, of course, since it's older, we've got all those glitches. Mm -hmm. You know, um, which everyone on the cast, I'm sure, would agree with, uh, whether it was sexist or racist or whatever. Um. Aside from that, this is definitely a great story that could be developed for today. Um, I don't know how and who would be that superhero, and I don't think they've found that right person. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my feeling. But, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely, and it gives me warm feelings. All right. Well, according to Jackie, you should be checking this out. But, Nick, what do you have to say? Um. It's, it's, it's tough. And I feel like, you know, on this show, I, I, I can be a little wishy-washy because you're asking, does this stay in the hall of memories or still worth visiting today? And there's, I think 
a number of problematic things about the show that we've established from the racism, the sexism and so on stuff that it's hard for me to recommend it today, even if there are some powerful and great messages that can still resonate um, it both then and, and now. Um, but it's, I guess my caveat is like definitely check it out, but also watch it more in a historical context um, than something that maybe and I guess more of a, in a nuanced way, don't take it a hundred percent. You know, there's definitely some things that shouldn't fly at all today. Um, um, most importantly, that suit should not fly anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, what am I trying to say? I don't know. It's, it's historically, I think there's some things to pull from it, but as like, and not to say it's not entertaining, but as, a piece of entertainment there's things that maybe we shouldn't romanticize or glorify hmm. i get i get where you're where you're coming from and i also i i understand Jack, huh right on yeah and i'm glad you do yeah i understand. I do too i yeah. do too don't don't then exclude me from that <laughs> no 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 we're, i think we're all we're mostly on the same pages here uh, and i agree with jackie too that like there is something about this that like i wish that there was a sentiment about it in a modern day thing. And this is a thing I could see getting a modern day treatment, hopefully with better, I don't want to say better hands, but like with, uh, with, with a, a better creative idea of what the show is instead of the push and pull they seem to have. Yeah, I mean, are you talking about bringing it back or are you just asking people to rewatch it? Well, I mean, yeah, that, different... th yeah, that's the question, right? I mean, I guess because that... this, is, this is definitely not a show that like children should watch without mm -hmm. and without context or like, the, yeah, but there's definitely something for adults to go back and look at and go, oh, this portion I could show to my kid, you mm -hmm. know, and the other. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 stuff about it that I did enjoy, but I'm having a hard time for me to be like, is this something that. I think totally holds up. I think the ideals do, but the execution, I, I, you know, I agree with you, Jackie, that it kind of depends, I guess, maybe on the episode. Uh, so that's our thoughts on it. We would love to hear what you think, audience. Do you think that I'm totally crazy and Jackie's right and everybody should be watching it? Well, you please let us know. You can, you can find all the places to contact us on our website at hit me one more time. And you can let us know how you feel much like Mark Heath did who told us that he hates our podcast because of him. He was 12 episodes into boy meets world and he thanked us for killing his day. Mark, you are what? welcome. He was upset at us because we reminded him that he, that boy meets world existed and he loves that show. So maybe that'll happen with someone listening to this episode. If you think of all the things Mark have done with his day that he now can't because he spent it watching boy meets world. Jackie, if people want to find you and find out what you're up to where can they find you um that that's a very difficult question i used to be all over the place um but um how about just youtube.com slash jackie hearn you can find some puppet stuff i've been doing and that's all i want to do these days because this world has gone crazy and I, I need to get back to puppets. So yeah, JackieHearn.com slash or JackieHearn.com. There you one, go. One or the other. Find all, find, find Jackie for all of your puppeting needs. Nick, where can people find you? What is finding someone, you know, it, it feels like okay, a very Nick, existential. Okay, Nick, thanks for being here. You can find me at 
Go ahead. No, no, yeah. you can find me at, no, at Nick Chimusis on uh, Twitter. All right. And you can find me around the internet under the username Davluz. That's D-A-V-L-U-Z. Follow me on Twitter. You can follow the show as well. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I know a lot of you listeners are finding this in a- Apple Podcasts. So please, please, please do me a favor and uh, do us a favor and just go ahead and rate us over there. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Those five stars help more people discover the show, and we would be forever grateful. That is going to do it for us here today. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time.